to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You podcast. This is Elisa Connor. I'm your host, and I'm so grateful you're here. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. And if this is your first time listening, I appreciate you tuning in as well. Uh, this week is a little bit nutty at my house. We are having graduation. My oldest is graduating this, um, well, he would be graduating <laughs> if it weren't for coronavirus. He would be having graduation on Friday, but we still have a lot of activity going on and lots of uh, preparations that had to be shifted at the last minute, sort of like being an entrepreneur, right? Um, so that we could celebrate in some way, somehow. So we've been lucky enough to have uh, some people adopt him um, as a senior, and um, so we've had fun little surprises for him this week, but that is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about uh, why you're not selling, why you're not selling, and how frustrating it is to have uh, products and services out there that you need to be generating income for you. And especially in a time like right now, if you have been affected by coronavirus specifically in your industry, um, it may be really frustrating that you can't get, you know, people in the door or purchasing your products. And some of that may be due to your offer. And so I wanted to spend um, today's time with you talking about ways that you could improve your offer or things to think about um, as to why your offer isn't working and why, you know, when your offer isn't right, you're not going to sell. No matter what you do, no matter what you try, if you don't have the right offer and you don't get in front of the right people, you, you just won't have the revenue generated that you want to. So let's dive into that really quick and, and talk about, I have seven points for you, um, to think about today and to, um, kind of be introspective about, and I would love your feedback over in the Facebook group, which is called small business builders. You can find that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash small business builders. The link will also be in the show notes. Um, I would love to know where you're at with your offer. Like if you're, if it's somewhere you're struggling with or something that you have struggled with in the past, come and share with us over in the group so that we can support one another. And, um, I can give you some feedback personally on what's going on with you. So number one, you aren't solving a problem. We often jump into um, our offer with a solution. This is how the, you know, this is how we're going to solve it, but we never really address the problem and people aren't out there shopping for your solution. I know it's a total shocker, isn't it? They're not going, Hey, I need the, the latest, what, what from who, whoever, um, they are actually looking for somebody to solve their problem. And that problem could be as simple as, um, you know, they don't know how to manage their time. And so they need a new day planner. And so they are looking for a day planner, but if you start telling them about all the features and widgets of your day planner and the stickers and the tabs and the, and you don't really talk about how it solves their problem, they're, they're gone. They don't care. They don't care about all your witchamahaggets and your, you know, all the pretty stuff in your planner. They want to know how it's going to help them. And so when you address that problem, first and foremost, um, you grab their attention, you keep their attention, and you have a higher chance of moving them forward to purchasing um, from you in the future or, or right away. 
Um, so number one is you need to take a, take a look at which problem you're solving and who you're solving it for and how you can get into their head when you talk about their problem. And that can be a little bit tricky because if you don't know who your audience is, you're not going to be able to get into their head. You've got to know at least the generic basics of, of who they are, you know, where they hang out, what is keeping them, you know, up at night, what, you know, their struggles, their education, their, you know, do they have a family? And the reason I say, you know, knowing about their struggles, their struggle isn't just that they can't manage their time in the, in the example of a day planner, their, their struggle is, is that they're trying to manage all of these other things outside of their life. So if you were marketing, say to me right now in my world for a day planner, you would have to be cognizant that, you know, I have three teenagers. I have one that's graduating. I have two that have other activities. I have my own business. I'm taking care of my mom part of the time. So there's a lot on my plate, but if you're not aware of that and you can't communicate that and relate to that, in your marketing and your messaging around your offer, I've already tuned out and gone somewhere else. So that's why it's really important for you to know who that audience is. And you hear that again and again and again, because it works. Um, so get really clear about who they are, what their problem is that you solve and talk to that with your offer. First and foremost, don't go into the details. Don't go into all the, um, you know, all the things that you've poured your heart into as far as what it does, rather talk about how you know, talk about the problem. And then um, <clears throat> that leads me to number two, which is you're a product pusher. Now, you know, those people, the, the, my favorite example of product pushers um, is those guys at the mall with their lotion. Here, take a free sample. I don't want your free sample. I don't even have dry skin. Like, <laughs> It's just don't push your product. So when you are um, not getting sales, that's because you're shoving your product down people's faces and they're not ready for it. You have not earned the right to sell to them yet. You have to build that relationship and you can't build the relationship when you don't know them. It's like trying to have a conversation where you're the only one talking about yourself and no one wants to hear about you all the time. They're perfectly, you know, cordial to say, hi, how are you? But when you dive into your life story about how your grandma had to have hip surgery and, you know, you had to drive five hours to get to her and then you had to sleep in your car, they don't care. No one cares about all those details. What they care about is specifically in this instance, they care about what you're going to do for them. That's what it amounts to. We as human beings are navel gazers. We love to look at our own belly button. And that is just who we are. And so when you talk about yourself too much and you talk about what you do too much, people tune out. They may nod, and but they are not listening. And so I really want you to make yourself aware of the next time that you start talking about what you do for people if you jump into your product and you start to talk about how great it is. Because if you do, then I want you to take a step back and evaluate how that's solving their problem. Because if it's not solving their problem, they're not listening. And if they're not listening, that means you're losing the sale and they're going to go to someone who else, someone else who is listening. So don't be a product pusher. Don't push all the uh, details out about your product. First thing, of course, you need to talk about it eventually, especially if you're selling like an online course, you need to know, you know, the people that are purchasing that course are going to want to know what they get and how it works and all that stuff, but not right away. And so, um, and they don't want to be 
inundated with it, it can also do the opposite effect where you give them so much information about what's included that they are overwhelmed and they won't take action because they look at it from the perspective of that's just way too much work. I can't, I can't fit one more thing in. I'm too busy. And so we don't, we have to tread the fine line of offering too much information and not offering enough information and offering it at the right time. And I know that can be a little bit complicated, but once you get the formula down and you test it and you try what works for your audience the best, it's going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy because you will have the opportunity to be tuned into them and the more you tune into them the more you're connected to them the more conversation you have with your audience the easier all of this becomes and so um just don't jump out the gate telling them everything that you can do for them just pick one problem give them a solution to that problem and make it easy for them to take action and move forward And so what would that look like? So if you were, we'll go back to our day planner example. If you were selling a day planner and um, maybe you decided to do something out of the box and your day planner starts in June instead of um, December, you know, instead of January, it starts in June. And you tell a little story about how January is too crazy and you, everybody gets on the bandwagon with their goals in January and then they fall off the wagon. And so you wanted people to actually start their momentum in June so that they could power through that time when they're really busy um, with Christmas and the holiday season and the new year and setting goals. You want them to get adjusted to their day planner and get in the habit of using it in June so that when that busy time comes, you can easily um, just keep rolling with the habits that you've already created and make it through very, uh, not stressed out. You're, you're just already ready to go and ready to plan your day and you're in the habit of doing it. And so you just kind of roll right through that big hiccup that people get in of, you know, when schedules get thrown out the window and nothing works and, um, and you've set up a system in this day planner that's one, two, three, and I don't know what it is because I don't sell day planners, but you get the idea is that you are thinking outside the box, you're telling them about how, you know, it's really hard to get through that holiday season and, you know, the busy time of year. So let's get a jump start on it. Let's get a jump start and start doing it in June. And so we can get you trained up and we can get you using that planner and you can see how effective it is so that when you get to that really busy season, you are ready to go. You are miles ahead of the other people in your circles. And so you get the idea about how that, how that would work. You're not diving into, oh, you can get the month and the week and the day and the, all the different things. And it has a thing where you can write your goals and they don't care. They don't care about all that. They just want somebody to hold their hand and help them get from point A to point B every single day. And they want to be able to do it easily now so that when it gets really hectic later, they have that system in place. And so, um, that's why Franklin Covey did so well for so long. It wasn't about the planner. It was about the education around the planner. And so I want you to think about that in the, in the, um, respect to your own products. 
So number three is, we just talked about this a little bit with number one, is you're trying to sell to everybody. If you're trying to sell to everybody with your offer, you will sell to nobody because you can't get specific enough to help the people you need to help. They can't find you. We know that the internet is one noisy mess. And if we don't know it after this pandemic, we will never know it. But it is, there is so much happening in our daily lives that we can be distracted by that if we are not taking the time to get to know our ideal client and our audience, we will never reach out to them and get in front of them and get their attention. If we can't get their attention, we cannot sell to them. And if our offer doesn't speak to them, they will never buy it. And so we have to know who they are, even in general terms. And you can have multiple um, ideal clients. Like there's no saying that you can't serve multiple people with your product. But if you're gonna do that, you need to create a buyer persona for each of those people so that your messaging aligns with those people, with the people in that buyer persona. You can't be talking about um, serving one audience. I have a client right now actually that has a wonderful product and we just had this conversation yesterday. He has very distinct ideal clients. He has people over 65 who have one set of fears and problems. And then he wants to target people that are, you know, between 40 and 55. And they have a completely different set of problems. Just like if you were targeting people that, you know, are from maybe 40 to 55 versus um, people that are younger millennials. People that are millennials are now having children. They're early in the stages of children. Whereas my group, the Gen Xers, all of our kids are pretty much, you know, ready for high school, in high school, or going to college. You have different problems at those different age levels. Um, you have different um, situations you are in your career. You have different, no matter, you know, whether you have kids or not, but you're just at different stages in your life. And the priorities you have at those stages are very different. And so if you're trying to use the same language to talk to those two groups of people, it's going to fall flat. And so that's why it's really important to know who your ideal client is. To help you with that, I actually have a free download you can go grab at elisaconner.com forward slash ideal client. And it walks you through all the questions that we are talking about in this episode to get you really clear on who you're talking to. And you can fill that out as many times as you want. You can just download it, print it out and fill it out. And if your ideal client changes, print it out and fill it out again. If you have a new product, print it out and fill it out. Make sure that everything you're talking about is, um, directed towards your ideal client and you're not just talking to space and hoping someone picks up your product and buys it. Um, so if you, if you wanted an example, I I was thinking about, um, the baker that, uh, we have that, uh, I felt he's a French baker. I found him during the pandemic actually, and he's done a really great job with his social media, but, um, he typically only sold to restaurants and coffee shops and that's that sort of thing. And then he opened up a retail piece of it. But if he really wanted to get specific, um, instead of trying to serve everybody, he would try to serve more people in his community that are closer to him. So like, say one of the ways you can narrow is that you only want to, um, serve people in these zip codes. And so right now I know that they are serving, um, pretty much 
all of the Denver metro area, which is a huge span of people. And that can be really taxing on a small business because you've got to figure out how do I get people here, get people there? How do I get enough bakers? All that kind of stuff. And so one of the ways you may need to narrow your ideal client, if you have a physical a location, is by zip code. Like you don't want to be targeting people that are 50 to 75 miles away from your business. One, because it's inconvenient to get there. And two, um, and in mo- and this is for most cases, there are some businesses that of course would do that, but, um, but also you, those people are not likely to become repeat customers. It might be a one-time thing, but repeat customers is what will keep you thriving. Um, and it's much easier to keep a customer than it is to go out and get a new one. And so that is just one example of a way that you would want to narrow your, your target market, um, specifically for him, uh, I would say he would probably need to stay in the North Metro area and as maybe go as far as Denver, but um, his location is in North Denver. And so if he can build up that audience in the North Denver area or the North Denver suburb area where he's located, he's going to have a much easier time um, figuring out what those people want, um, how often they come in, provide promotions to get them in sooner, um, you know, all that kind of stuff so that you're, you're able to market to them, uh, more specifically and not have to spread yourself so thin. So that's number three is don't try to sell to everybody. Number four is you're not sure what you're selling. Um, I've had this come up, uh, many times people in, this is so, uh, such a trap that new entrepreneurs fall into and trying to figure out, you know, what is it that I sell? I can do this. I can do that. And I remember going to networking meetings when I first started my business and you would have the people that would stand up and they did everything, including uh, unclog the the kitchen sink. And it specifically showed up in um, businesses that did, you know, marketing or um, virtual assistants and stuff like that. I do it all. Well, there's no way you can do everything and do it well. And so it's, it's determining, you know, what do you really do best and staying in that lane and making it really clear what problem you solve and the results that people will get by working with you. And so when you're looking at your offer, um, most of the people I work with are very heart centered and I'm very, very blessed that I get to work with them but they struggle with this. They struggle with, um, who they, who they help serve and how they help them. And because they want to help them every way, they want to help them with everything. And it can be really hard, um, for them to narrow what they're best at because they're heart centered and they want to do everything they can to help somebody else, but it's to their detriment. And so if you can't really narrow, you know, what it is and really get clear about what it is and, the results that you get for people specifically, um, you're going to have a hard time selling your offer and you have to make it really easy for people to go. Yes, I want that package. Um, and another piece of this offer component is that people don't build on their offers. They get them in, um, say, let's say I see this all the time. People get them into an online course and then they just leave them there. And, um, people will almost never make it through an online course on their own. Almost never. Um, 
because we, as I said earlier, are distracted. We don't stay connected. We don't, we have to have somebody that's kind of helping us move along so that we can get to the end and we have to have a support network. And um, so if you just have an online course and you're not offering that support network and you're not offering that outreach, uh, your people will not move forward. They will be, you know, they'll just get stuck. They'll give up and then they'll beat themselves up. And um, so I want you to think about when you're creating your offer, you know, what are the other areas where people get stuck and how could you, how could you serve them in those areas? Like what other offers or packages could you create that you could continue to serve them? And so, um, and part of that, you know, part of your offer could actually be free content. So when we look at my part of my offer is this podcast where I offer free content to people and then I get them moving into my funnel. And then, you know, like my initial offer is, you know, let's start with your messaging because if you don't have strong messaging, you are not going to flourish in the market. You're not going to stand out. You're not going to address your ideal client. And then, but you can't do anything with messaging. You have to put it somewhere. And so then the next piece of my offer would be to create a website. And so once you have your website up there, well, then we have to have um, the copy to go on your website. And then after your website is done, we have to have a download so that we have some sort of lead magnet and sales funnel created. And then we have to move into email marketing and nurturing. And so all of those pieces are a piece of my offer, but some people may not be ready for that because if you're just starting with your messaging and I throw all that stuff out at you, and you aren't familiar with what a sales funnel is, you're going to just be like, no, I'm not doing any of it. And so um, think about your offer and what you're selling, how it appeals to your ideal client in a way that it will answer their initial concerns, can build upon um, itself, basically, and also will get them quick results so that they want to continue working with you. So that's number four, know what you're selling, be sure of what you're selling and be sure of how you put it out there so that it's easy to choose, simple to understand, and um, people can see the value and know that they can get results. Number five is you have too many options. If you have too many options out there, I've been to websites where, um, I'm trying to think, I just went to one last week um, that was for, oh, I know who it was. It was a coach that reached out to me and I went to her website and I could not for the life of me figure out what to buy from her. Um, and this is really specific to websites, but this could be, you know, very, this could be in real life too. Like if you have a, a menu that's so overwhelming that people can't understand what they're supposed to choose or how many options to choose or what their options are, they just won't choose. I'm telling you right now, they will walk away and go eat somewhere else that it's easy for them to make a decision. And so the same is for, you know, your website or any other marketing you're doing. If you have too many choices on your website, people just won't make a choice. They will leave and go somewhere else so that they, someone has spelled it out easily for them. And so when I went to this specific website, um, she had like five programs at the top and then she had some other programs at the bottom and there were all these freebies. And I was like, this is so overwhelming. Like, I don't even know where to go. And, um, she, uh, 
she just had so much going on that she was struggling with people converting. And I knew right away why she was struggling is that because people don't know which path to go down. And she has programs for people at different levels all on the same page. And not everyone is going to move in that direction. So that's why it's really important to know, you know, where your ideal client is at in their journey so that you're not serving them, you know, a college level degree, um, offer or solution when they're in kindergarten. That would be like um, me saying, you know, going diving deep into lead magnets and email segmentation and all of, you know, the high level marketing, um, Facebook analytics and putting in your Facebook pixel and all those kinds of things for somebody that just like barely gets on Facebook they would have no idea. And so we have to slow it down to, uh, to meet their level. So again, really important to know your ideal client and to know, um, know them well enough to understand that when you give them an option to work with you, that it's really clear for them to say yes. Um, versus, you know, I have so many options here. I don't know what, what they are. And really it's just about getting them to take that first step. So if you can get them to take that first step, then you can talk, have a conversation with them um, and, you know, move forward that way or in some way create conversation with them. So you know that you're putting them in the right place in your program. Um, So don't have so many options that people can't choose because they just won't. They'll just walk away and go to your competitors and we don't want that. So that's number five. Number six is um, I hate when I hear that it's about price because uh, I hear this all the time. No, people don't want to pay me. It's too expensive. And I used to have this mindset too. And what the reality is around that is that it's never about price. If you are hearing that it's too expensive or you're hearing that it's um, that your prices are too high or people are going to other people that are less expensive, um, it's about the value you you have expressed to the people that you're going to work with. And sometimes it's just about that. Those aren't your people. I had this actually happen last week too. I had a tech company reach out to me that wanted to do story brand and, um, they had tried all kinds of digital marketing and spent all this money and they had very specific criteria that they were wanting to meet. But I looked at their website and I was, I knew right away because my, my, for or my strength is looking at people's websites and seeing where their sales funnel is broken. And so we had a conversation and, um, I, within that conversation determined that they really were not a company I would want to work with. It was nothing. They were very nice people. It was nothing against them, but it was just not something that I was excited about. Um, they wanted a quick fix with quick sales. That's not really how marketing works typically, and especially in today's world. And so, um, just knowing, you know, that conversation was going that way. Um, I was able to, you know, give them the answers they wanted, but not really move them forward. And they decided to go with a different guide, which was perfect because they were not a good fit for me. And so when you're having those conversations, you need to lead with the value you're going to present. And, when you present the value to them, it makes it the decision very easy. When you present, you know, these are the things that we're going to accomplish. And I think um, part of that comes back to my 
career as in project management. I had many, many years of project management experience, but when you don't describe the deliverables or speak out the deliverables that you're delivering to people, um, when they're asking those questions and giving them, you know, the assurance that you can help them get from point A to point B, they won't buy and they'll use price as an excuse. And so, um, I never like to look at price as the cost. I always look at it as an investment because no matter what you do with somebody, whether you're working with a business coach or you're working with a marketing person or you're working with a a designer, it's an investment. There's no guarantee that any of those things are going to work. Um, What there is, is that an investment of your time and integrity and their time and integrity into working together to get from, you know, get to get closer to the goals you have set. So, um, when the, the discussion of price comes up, I want you to take a look at what value you have presented to them and have you described the deliverables and the results well enough, because if you haven't, then that's probably where the hiccup is in your offer. And then last but not least, if people are not uh, moving forward with your offer, likely you have not cleared all of the objections on the table and people have objections to spending money regardless if it's five dollars or five thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars um that they have to have met in their own mind some of those are conscious and some of those are subconscious and you have to address those and the big three that usually come up are you have to have some authority in the space so that people know that you know what you're doing Um, not just you say that you know what you're doing. And so a lot of times that comes from testimonials and case studies and uh, references, all of those different things that people can say, yes, she does a great job. Um, And this is, you know, we were at point A, now we're at point B, and these are the ways that they helped and blah, blah, blah. And then um, that offers some type of proof, whether it's social proof or just regular proof um, that you do indeed have, the ability to act in integrity and deliver what you promise and um, get people results. Now, results are not something that people get really focused on results, but results are open for interpretation because what a result is for one person would be a, could be totally different for another person, depending on where they are in on their path of their business or on the path of where they are in their journey. Um, because not everybody is going to be at the same level. And we talked about that already. And then last but not least, what kind of guarantee do you have for people now, especially if you're, you see this a lot in the online course world, that if you um, have an online course that you are putting out there or some sort of, uh, I have a client right now that does online training. And if people are not satisfied what are the repercussions of that? So do you have like a money back guarantee? Do you have a 30 day guarantee? Do you have a free trial? Like, what does it look like for people to um, get a taste of what it is like to work with you? And then if they're not satisfied, what is their recourse? And um, I, you really need to determine what this looks like for your business, because in a business like mine, where I put hours into a project, um, offering a money back guarantee would not, I would be broke if I did that. Um, because one, there's no result that is common for everybody. Everybody has different results, but two, the time has already been invested. So like if I'm spending time consulting with you and then you decide that that doesn't work or whatever, that 
isn't that's going to be on you because you didn't take the action that we talked about. And so um, you have to look at that for your business model, but you know, how, what assurance are you going to give people that, you know, working with you is not going to just be you take the money and run. Um, And most of the people listening to this podcast would never do that anyway, but you need to look at that for your business model. So for mine, it's usually I work with people in stages so they can get a feel for what we can accomplish. And I'm really, um, I try to be really clear with the deliverables. Like what, what is going to be the results of what happens during this phase that we're working together. So for example, if we're going to do story brand messaging, we're going to have this many consultations. We're going to work through um, the seven step framework. I'm going to give you a brand script to review. Um, You're going to get this, this, and this at the end. And then this is how we're going to implement it into your marketing if we move forward in that direction. And so just being really clear with those deliverables and telling people specifically what they can expect and when they can expect it will often um, help out with that guarantee component. That's what I have for you this week. This podcast is going out a little smidge late because it's uh, graduation week. So hopefully you will forgive me for that. Um, next week I will be back and uh, we are talking about um, opt-ins again. So in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. Stay healthy, stay well, and I will speak with you next week. Take care. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new Ideal Client Worksheet. If you know your audience, you know where they hang out, and you know what they're interested in, it makes every piece of your marketing easier to put together. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. See you next week.